0: I have the pleasure of introducing an incredible friend as well as an incredible (laughs) teacher and she has so much wonderful knowledge to share but today we're going to be focusing on bitmoji classrooms so meredith white earned her ba bs med and eds all in world language education from the university of georgia If that's not enough, when she isn't teaching at the secondary and university levels, she blogs, moderates the PLN hashtag LangChat, and serves on two executive boards. So welcome, Meredith.
1: Yay, thank you. I feel like all of those say like, I'm broke and I don't have any hobbies. Like I have no money and I yeah just keep myself busy with work.
0: (laughs) No, you are an amazing teacher. You're a little bit different than our typical guests because we usually have um, people who teach in the health sciences space, but I think you are just so creative and innovative and you taught me how to do this. And so I just really wanted to share your ideas and get your perspective on why this is um, such a, a thing that people should go ahead and take on in the classroom. So to get started, can you give us an overview of the concept of a
1: Bitmoji classroom? Sure. Um, They, it was funny in the spring, I think, because we all had so much time all of a sudden just to be at home. I felt like they came like into fashion. (laughs) And then all you saw people posting, if you had friends, you know, in education was these virtual spaces, which, you know, Bitmoji Optional. But the emoji just being a little like avatar that looks like you, I think they make it a little bit more fun, a little bit more interactive. But they essentially, for a lot of people, are now serving, and myself included, um, are now serving as kind of a landing pad. So it's almost as if, you know, we fast forwarded from like 10 to 15 years ago and beyond when making a website started to be a little bit more accessible to the average Joe. Um I remember taking computer apps, um, as I'm taking, getting a C minus in, uh, <laughs> computer apps as an undergraduate. Cause I didn't super love to go to that class, even though it was really interesting. So that didn't help. And the end project was like HTML coding a website. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. And then you start getting into it and you're like, I don't know anything about any of this. And even though we weren't allowed to, I just hustled over to like Best Buy and bought the software package that like did it for you uh, because there was no way for them to detect. It was just sort of honor system. And I was 19 and I had no honor. So <laughs> I was like, we, and I still got a C minus. So you see how that, how well that went, but we've seen now, I mean, that was, um, 15 years ago. And so not the, I mean, that's very recently. And since then websites have just gotten, and website creation has gotten so much more accessible that You can make a Google site, you can make a Wix, you can make a Weebly, like a blog site can function then as your website. And so I think for a lot of people, these Bitmoji or virtual or, you know, avatar optional, but still virtual spaces can function kind of like that. And it's almost like this really simple version of a website where you can hyperlink all of these resources to, um all be in one place and be kind of aesthetically pleasing in a way that before you may have had to choose somebody's template, Google sites or, you know, the colors you had to choose just from a limited uh, array or whatever their offerings were. But with the Bitmoji space, because you create it from like an actually blank, completely blank palette, like just a blank Google slide. And you can kind of put in whatever suddenly now, You're not limited by many things, which can be overwhelming for some people. I know some people were seeing them in the spring going like, oh, my God, I can put anything. And it's like, you know, yeah, basically. So just serving for me, it serves as a kind of a hub of sorts where I link a lot of important information. Um, And for a lot of people, it's become kind of a website or just a more... Uh, again, visually pleasing way to present information or to house information, important links to a degree. It could even become sort of an interactive syllabus of sorts, uh, especially if it has links to the L- you know, learning management system. So you've got LMS links here, um, APA manual link here or you know different things for either like writing, studying, researching, whatever it is. Now that they're hyperlinked in a way that's immediately editable. Why not? The 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 options are unlimited. I mean just completely you can do whatever you want.
0: And I think that's so cool because I feel like when you first see one of these classrooms, they look so impressive. And like you said, with the websites, they look like they would be so hard. And we'll talk about the steps because I'm hoping that you'll be able to kind of give an overview of the steps to creating one. But I do love you can be entirely creative in how you put it together. So not only is it your Bitmoji avatar, like you said, and like you said, Bitmoji optional, but not only is it your avatar in the room, but it's also the things that are valuable to you. So, you know, you can put your university stuff on the on the wall of there and, and things like that. Um, so what would be some reasons you kind of talked a little bit about it, but what, what, why would a teacher create one of these and what would be the benefits for students?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think, I think it goes like, like you just said it in that order. I think when you have to, you, it it can't be helpful for students until it benefits the instructor in some way. And so I say that because I think when we look at what we teach and when we look at how we teach it, it it has to go like anything else in our lives, which is function before form. We don't walk into IKEA just screaming like, "I need something yellow," you know? They're <laughs> like, "Okay, weirdo." <laughs> like you're looking for a couch, and oh, because we don't have any place to sit or a coffee table because I'm just sitting, there holding my you know glass of wine and I don't have any place to put it down. Whatever it is. When the function comes first, then we come into Ikea and oh, this yellow one's pretty. Okay, cool. The yellow part was secondary to the function, which should be primary. So if people find it easy to criticize one of these or um, think like, oh, these are silly, or this looks really time consuming. Like you said, this looks really elaborate. Like, I don't know if I need this. They might be right. They might not actually need it. If you can't think of an immediate or semi-immediate function, I don't know then that it would be super useful and then if it's not useful to you and you're just making it to make it it's definitely not going to be useful to your students because your university setting or secondary setting might be or below you know middle middle grades and primary as well those all might have a really robust offering of like some place you can already store that information or house those things or you know the lms might be really transparent because i think ultimately that should be the goal in anything that we use for students is transparency for me we have an lms but we have to post which we just found out um at in the summer after after i spent like a couple of hours making this bitmoji classroom they sent out the template and said okay you now have to post um all of your lesson plans like you would a syllabus you know at the university level whatever but like you need to post it weekly and then also daily and our heads were kind of spinning because we weren't, we didn't even know we would be virtual. And then we didn't know. And so it was all just kind of news. And I thought, and then they sent out the template for the lesson plans. And I was like, Oh, this is awful. Just because it just, I, I couldn't make sense of it. Visually I'm looking going like, I don't even, what are we supposed to put where? And then I realized, why don't I just use my like the virtual classroom? Yeah. So I tweaked a couple of things. So for me, it was kind of my response of a thing that I already had to post And I had a space for it. So mine typically is like the first slide that people see um, when, like students see when they log into class, like for Zoom, for like a live meeting. Um, And I just modify the little like bitmoji to be holding a, like next to a chalkboard that's like, class will start soon. (laughs) So they don't log on and log back off and go, okay, good, I'm in. She said, bye. Um, So that they know I'm, you know, taking attendance and juggling, like all the students in front of me as well as um, online. And so because I had to do that thing and because like I had to post those plans and I had to keep them super updated, I have no problem with that. A good educator should be updating plans and should be keeping things like live in the moment as up to date as possible. But if I'm just posting them to post them to appease some kind of hierarchy of I have to do a thing, I'm probably not going to revisit it and make it very visually pleasing. But because I'm posting it for students and because we use Google Slides, like you had mentioned how to actually make them, because it uses Google Slides, I only had to embed it one time and then I can just update the slideshow with my weekly lesson plans. Now I have them for however long I need them. And students are constantly exposed to the most updated version like of all of those things without me having to go back in like you would edit a post or edit a website or edit something and so you can make natural changes as an educator that immediately show up in that virtual space and again ultimately i think for the students the benefit is transparency access and all of those i think are equity issues too they want students want to know what it is they need to do by when, for what, and just have that all laid out. If you can have a virtual space that's curated kind of intentionally that does that, and like you said, expresses likes and kind of your personality a little bit. So increasing those relationships, well, why not? You know, who says who says no to that? Yeah, I would agree. I think
0: a couple of things that you said were really great. Not doing tech just for tech's sake. I think we talk a lot about that with new active learning strategies cool. and things like that is, oh, well, you want to use this new cool online game or whatever. Well, if it's, you know, not actually achieving the objectives you set out for it, then it's probably the students are going to see right through that, number one. Um, But also it's just going to be something that may be cool to do, but doesn't have any lasting impact. And then I think the other thing is that, like you said, by doing this, yes, you have to do the setup at the start. But really, the way you go through it doesn't take that long. Um, But once you do that setup, then after that, all you have to do is update from that point. And so it's pretty quick. And the other thing is that, like you said, transparency and access. And also, I think students get used to one template that they're comfortable Mm. with. And so if you're using that same one consistently, so it's like, okay, I always know that I can find the link to like the LMS you said is right here. Then they're going to get really used to that.
1: Absolutely. And I think. I think a lot of times with technology and just trying to be innovative in general, we sort of, um, we do too much, I think sometimes. And so the pressure that we put on ourselves or that we think that others are putting on us. I mean, you go to a conference, you go to a session and it's like, Oh my God, I have 17 new tools, but it's like, you almost can't even like focus on well 10 of them you don't need you already do something similar because you're so excited and i think just generally wanting to do better we we think of boring as the enemy and i i think boring at, right now in the middle of a global health crisis um just like a casual pandemic um i think boring might actually be the solution to a lot of things because at least if it's boring you know what's going on if we're looking at reducing the stress and the chaos and the noise and the anxiety that students are feeling while they're supposed to be still learning and still training for things and still preparing and sort of almost like if life as if life's going on as usual but we know it's not but it kind of is uh they need to be able to find things to access things and like you said if they get into a routine and it's not um what am I looking for? Or like, where did she post this this week? But instead, it's like, oh, God, she changed her bitmoji again, you know, and they're kind of like, oh, I roll like cheesy this lady. Oh, now it's playing in fall leaves. Okay, October, you know, that was mine. Mine's now in like a leaf pile. But the lesson plans are the same. They're still posted in the same way. It's, it's uniform as much as possible. I think right now, predictability is the name of the game. If students can predict where things are, if they can find things, they know what they need to do. They're able to see deadlines, whatever that important information is there, then they're, they're, they're guessing less. And I think the less they're guessing, the more they're getting out of, out of their learning experience.
0: I totally agree. Sticking with, you know, I think active learning is great. I love innovative things at the same time. Like you said, I was reflecting on, I have an upcoming class and a lot of our students now are very comfortable with the online post. It's Padlet And I was thinking about incorporating Jamboard, which I've done in other courses. But then I was like, do I need to do both? Or could I just accomplish what the students are used to with Padlet? And I say, like, I did my Jamboard and my elective versus the courses that students have been comfortable with it. So I totally agree with you. And then I think one of the things that you and I have talked about, getting slightly off topic, but um, is the fact that we've both been a part of online courses and mm-hmm. how difficult it is when you are the student responsible in, say, and even like an asynchronous course. And like you said, mm-hmm. finding things and the flow of things, and I really mm-hmm. I agree with you with predictability and structure being so important. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think the ability to pace things out for yourself and not feel like you're like a little bunny rabbit like walking past a cave like, oh is the what you know is like the wolf here? because constantly, you know, it's like, when you're just kind of doing, not doing it on your own, because the instructor gives you stuff, but when you're like, I think I have everything done, right? Again, that's the guessing. Like, have I just done everything, or did I misplace my to-do list? Mm-hmm. Like, because I, I really like that first one, <laughs> but the second one's like, <gasps> totally plausible. And, you know, maybe what happened, and I was I was just talking to, um, to my friend that I was talking to you before about today about this, and I said, you know, two of the best... Um, at the specialist level, the specialist degree level to the best learning experience were of my, that's two of the classes I took for that degree were like amazingly eye-opening instructional experiences as a student and never one synchronous meeting, which we know the science supports, you know, the science supports asynchronous learning if it's going to be virtual, but that's a separate episode, um, but it, we never met once everything. Dr. Sally Zapeda at University of Georgia runs a killer online class. Like shout out to her. She's incredible. She's incredible. Everything is in really predictable places. She maps out kind of like what you should be thinking about this week and then what you should be doing this week and then what we're doing next week. Everything's in this kind of like trimodal time period yes. of like, let's reflect, let's be present, and then let's look ahead. And it was like, oh my gosh, amazing. She didn't That's go incredible. like try using all these excessive tools. The reflections were in depth. And I think because she wasn't trying to do all the things at the same time or trying to do things that wasted her time, therefore her was very rich, personalized, of course, completely like it was just an overall wonderful experience. And I think it's because a lot of the practices she had in place didn't waste her time and they allowed her to grade and plan the two most important things and fully put her energy into those two things, as well as giving feedback. And it was, it was incredible. So we know that virtual can work, but when we're trying to do all the things, like you said, just one little, just one little jam board, you know? And it'd be like, the second you do it, somebody's like, oh, I thought we were using Padlet. (laughs) Oh, come on. You're like, I was just trying to branch out. But we have to remember that we're the instructors and branching out feels natural because we are in control and we have power over the experience. And so when we're ready, we just kind of assume they're ready too, whereas they might still be getting their bearings and they have no power in the experience necessarily. And so it's like, you know what? Let's just, like you said, let's stick with let's stick with Padlet.
0: Yeah. And I think, like you said, that design that that instructor had just sounds like it really reduces anxiety. You're like, okay, I'm where yeah. I need to be. I'm reflecting on where I need to be. This is what's due next Here's- week. You know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So good. Oh, so That's good. Awesome. Shout out to her. Like... Fantastic. No, that's
0: fantastic. Um so as someone is so I'd like to talk about a few things so planning for a bitmoji classroom um mm-hmm. pearls and pitfalls when planning it and then if you can kind of um give us steps on how to create it. So sure. I guess just starting off planning for one, what are some pearls and pitfalls that people run into things like mm-hmm. that.
1: Absolutely. I would say planning it again, think function before form and just because you can put so many things in there doesn't mean that you have to. So like we were saying, like it hyperlinks, like the hyperlinks are beautiful. And the other nice thing about using, because Google Slides is the platform, should you need to, let's say, send that out. Uh, Let's say you make your Google Classroom as kind of an interactive um, syllabus, like instead of S'more or like a Google Doc or something else, you want things hyperlinked, you want them visually to be kind of concise. What's really nice is, and then you have to attach it someplace, or you know, on your website, whatever. You can send it out like in presentation mode, or you can just download any Google slideshow as a PDF, and the hyperlinks are still there. So now it's this really nice, like interactive document, as well as a landing page wherever you wherever you put it. But again, because you can do so many things, we don't have to do all the things. It can be like a multiple page or multiple setting um, virtual place because. I have a couple of colleagues who they have really, really beautiful virtual spaces. For me, it's just a little much. Like mine's a little bit more minimal. And I thought I was kind of like a busy decoration person. I mean, maybe some looking around me like kinda. Um, I either go totally busy or totally minimal. Like there's nothing on the kitchen counter. Period. Stop putting stuff down over there. I'm gonna pick it back up and move it. Like, yeah, I'm just or it's everything's all over the wall and it's like a gallery wall and it's a collage. So I had to really be careful with just like making my bitmoji classroom kind of my aesthetic like oh I'm gonna put this here and this here because I had that thing filled and then I finally went and I thought I'm not even like what am I even going to use this for so I just kind of kept it and then like I said in July they told us to post lesson plans I thought oh that'd be kind of cute so I deleted some of the stuff in the foreground and then just kept it like the background so I think once you think about what you want to use it for and why you want to use it it makes it easier to plan it out visually. Like a lot of elementary teachers have a bookshelf and then all the books that they're reading this year or this semester, super, super cute. Um, If you can do some instructional videos, like maybe if it's, especially if the class is meeting synchronously, just keep copying that same slide. And then next week, just embed a different video. It could be like, watch this. Here's my explanation. And then here's a text box with the assignments and that kind of thing. It could be kind of like your week at a glance based off of your syllabus which isn't more work and saves you from having to put it all these different places um so i would say pearls like less is more mm-hmm. um and then pitfalls being just like more is more and putting trying to make it do too many things and then you're trying to fit it in all these different spaces where, eh, might not really need to but um google slides as the platform is really really nice um and therefore, like I said, you can download it as a PDF, you can embed it certain places, you can just push it out as a presentation link and it's already in present mode. It's it's really great. All updated in live real time and you know, there for whoever you're sending it to.
0: Yeah, it's so versatile and user friendly. Um, so next, could you go through the steps of creating one? Um, just kind of the general steps that someone could use yeah. if they wanted to totally. start creating one
1: your best friends in the Google slides sort of Bitmoji realm are um, probably the insert button and then the image button. And I say that because once you've gone, so if you have a Gmail account, you've got a Google slides account. If you've never made a slideshow, uh, it's just slides.google.com. And once you open that up, you'll see on the left-hand side, like you would a PowerPoint, just a blank slide, like waiting for you. The first thing I do is I, Select those text, those like default text boxes in the in the middle. Like it's like subtitle, title header, or something, and then like a little body of text, whatever. So I delete both of those. So I'm just looking at a blank slide. And then whatever your background you want to be is um, is just the image that you put on the slide as the background. Um, some people have like their university as their background, their actual like classroom or their office. I think those are super cute because then it looks like you're in your office, um, and I just think that's adorable. Cute is not the enemy, people. Cute is not the enemy. I think sometimes people thought the Bitmoji classrooms in the spring, like, oh, that's cute, but. And it's like, no, it is not cute, but it is cute and like cute and is different. And, yeah. and so I think the office ones are super cute because then it's just like you in your office, like, hello, come on in for office hours. Um, and so when when you figure out kind of what you want it to be, like, do you want it to be a room? Do you want it to be a specific room or whatever? When you go to insert there'll be an image option. And then um, you can do, I like the search from Google images rather than like opening another tab and like Google searching every single one and like copying and save image, Like that's annoying. Um, And so I just search directly from there and I literally start from the bottom up. Like mine, I just searched like floor and wall (laughs) and then like hit enter. And then from there you can select them and then click insert and stretch them to however you want. So mine has, like a gray wall and like a gray wood floor. And it wasn't like the dimensions didn't work. So I just stretched it horizontally and a little bit vertically to cover the whole slide. And then from there, whatever kind of furniture you want, you just keep doing the same thing. Insert image and then in like Google image, chair transparent. So it doesn't have that white block around it or couch transparent. Um, And from there, you can kind of add little, different images. If you want the couch to link to something, you can right click on any of those images and just click hyperlink um, and add a link. So if you want a shelf of books um, or like, here are the required texts for this particular course. And I'm going to put a picture of their title or, you know, I'm going to put their like a picture of their cover and put them on the bookshelf and then link to Amazon to like the cheapest version or the Kindle version or like whatever you want students to purchase um or the bookstore you know link to the bookstore and they can get whatever rent it and so on you could do that um That's you could I just put a the syllabus most, like again. laid across a desk or something and then they can link to if the syllabus is external like on a different document uh, especially like a google doc where you can adjust dates and shift things oops have to cancel you know we're going to move this whatever um the more to me the more updated the better like the more ability you have to update live in the moment the better And, um, and then if you want like your bitmoji or just your picture, I've seen a couple that are really funny with like, um, you know, big, like elaborate ornate frames. And it's just like a picture of the instructor. And so it's like a fireplace, you know, how like, like you see like celebrities, like rich people have these huge pictures of themselves in their houses. So it's like, welcome to my office. And there's just like a fireplace, you know, you can also add, um, gifs to google slides so you could have like a gif going you know of like a fire crackling and then it's just your humongous picture above it i think that's really funny uh, but again like funny functional hopefully they go together um, but you can just build it from the furniture level up and then for the bitmoji piece if you have a bitmoji i like the bitmoji chrome extension because from there you could find various poses and just drag them down in directly on the slide so Again, the bitmoji gives it a little bit more of a personalized feel, but totally unnecessary if people just want like a virtual space and their photos somewhere, their actual pets. People put like their actual pets in there, which I think is super cute Um, and just lots of different things. I have a virtual locker as well, which is fun because it's just a picture of me like outside my actual classroom. So I had to take a picture of the doorway. And and it's funny because students like coming in the first day were like, oh, this is your act. This is it. Yeah, would you would you think I had a picture of <laughs> some other classroom? But it's funny because they some of them can look kind of bizarrely real. But again, what you know, if you want to do something specific with it, that kind of curates what you want to put in there.
0: Yeah, and I was amazed at number one how easy it was, just those steps mm-hmm. that you went over, um, and then how nice the hyperlinks just you know works oh, right away, so nice. and they're so easy mm-hmm. to change. You know, if you don't yes. like where one is, you can change it. um, things like that. So that's great. So just to recap, she went over Google slides. If you have a Gmail account, you have a Google slides account, start from your background floors and walls, add your furniture, and then you can easily add hyperlinks. And then Mm -hmm. what do you do to, um, publish it or save it?
1: Absolutely. So you've got, um, a couple of options. If you need to, they'll both start from the same destination, but if you want to send it to people, let's say in an email out to students, like, you know, Click here, you can find everything at this website because essentially it's a website. Um, In the Google Slideshow, when you click on file, there's an option that says publish to the web. And the first one that's going to show up says link. So that's going to be like a hyperlink, something that you could just email out to students, click here, you know, kind of a thing. Um, And then the second one next to it, if you click on it, says embed. That's what I have to do in my LMS because our lesson plans are embedded in our homepages. So that when students just go to the course homepage, and we use um like E-Class. It's the old Blackboard, D2L. It's the same. Um, a lot of universities use it. And so when they go to the course page, they need to be able to scroll down for every instructor at our school and see the weekly lesson plan. So I have to embed that, can not not just send out a link. And so you also get that embed code if you have the ability to HTML, like, like do like a source editor. Absolutely. That's all I do is we just paste it directly in there and then um, and then rock and roll from there and it doesn't have to be it can be any google slideshow this just happens to be you know the virtual spaces where i put the lesson plans like i was saying so um, those are your two options what's nice about sending people that url that hyperlink for just the linked um after you go file publish to the web and then you copy and paste that link somewhere is it automatically comes up in present mode so you can share a slideshow with people but if they're going to open it up in edit mode, even if they can't edit, they can see the speaker notes, they can see whatever else. And, and that's fine, but like not super efficient if you want them to have like a full screen spread of the virtual space doing file publish to the web and then sending them that hyperlink is going to automatically push them into present mode. And so they can click accordingly or click through the slides if there are multiple but they can't like edit anything, share anything, or see any kind of speaker notes, which is just a little cleaner, I think.
0: I agree. And you wouldn't know that they are Google Slides just by looking at present mode. Right. I agree. Well, I know we're running low on time, so I just wanted to say if there was any other tips you had on um, maintenance or follow-up of these types of classrooms or just any other tips that you always like to share uh, because I know you've done other tutorials about these types of classrooms.
1: Oh, sure. I would say. I mean, I'd say again, like reflect on if this is a necessary, you know, thing to kind of invest your time in. Because um, have fun with it. It's it's supposed to be fun, not like grumble, grumble, grumble. I was told I had to make this thing. Like who? What? Who <laughs> told you you had to make a bitmoji classer? Um, nobody. So if it's not fun, or if you find it overwhelming, scrap it. Like file, move to trash. Thank you. I tried a thing, and you know, I didn't uh, didn't love it. I just happen to love it, but, uh, and I know a lot of people do, but if it's not, if it's not going to serve you, if there's nothing to eat any, if there's no information that you feel you need to push out in real time and you could do it like on a cute little couch with like a couple of lamps and, you know, some hyperlinks to like helpful research or manuals or whatever, like then don't do it, you know, just have kind of the, the, the agency and the own, the sort of self, I don't know, reflectiveness to go, yeah, no, good for her. Not for me, because it's, it might not be something that you need. And then, you know, then you've wasted your time a little bit. So I'd say explore some of them. Um, And if we're able to share templates, I can totally share uh, my Mm -hmm. templates as well.
0: Yeah. I was going to mention, actually, do you want to mention, like, if people have questions, your Twitter handle um, or your blog? Sure.
1: Post. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't ever leave my school because my social media handles all have the school name in them, so, <laughs> so I can't get fired or quit. Um, on Twitter and Instagram, we are at PRHS Spanish. So I do some different like content from different people, but it's mostly me. And uh, my email address. I work in Gwinnett County Schools, just outside of Atlanta. So my email address is um, Meredith M E R E D I T H dot White, like the color at gc they just changed this year so i have to think at gcpsk12.org right. <laughs> it used to be way longer if you can believe it <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. like a lot
0: well thank you so much it was so wonderful to talk to you about this i hope everyone goes out and makes their bitmoji classrooms i promise it really didn't take that long um to make mine based on the steps that meredith gave so thank you so much for joining us for today absolutely thanks
1: for having me